baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Chris and Amy here on KMOX, final half hour of the show, and we know that uh, um, accidental overdosing from uh, drugs is a serious problem in the United States and has been a bit of a growing problem. To discuss that with us and what can be done, or at least one step we can take, as a country, we go to the Quiver River Electric guest line. We visit with John Gall, who is the co-founder Alliance for Naloxone in the Workplace, who is with us now on KMOX. John, we appreciate your time. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me. It's a ple- pleasure and a privilege. So just a general overview. Tell us about the effort you're undertaking here. Well, um, starting back around last January, Uh, a a number of construction professionals across the United States, labor management and the such, uh, safety professionals, uh, got together and said we needed to create a standard for the job site. And uh, as time went on, meeting after meeting, um, virtual meetings, uh, we decided that it was uh, the right thing to do. We we, uh, put together a, a, a website with uh, lots of resources on it, uh, templates for uh, companies to use uh, to bring to the legal department, um, warnings about uh, different states and our Good Samaritan laws, and of course, uh, training and many other resources uh, about where to uh, obtain uh, Narcan or Naloxone uh, free or for cost. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because I think maybe a year or two ago I was having this conversation with a friend and he carries Narcan with him all the time. Now, granted, he also works in an area and in an industry where he's working with people who deal with opioid addiction, so he is perhaps more experienced. But he had said, you know, it's smart for a lot of people to carry Narcan, uh, depending on where you are. And I was wondering, like, if I carried Narcan and I saw someone, uh, how would that work? I'm sure some of our listeners are thinking, well, if they were carrying Narcan, they saw someone who was, how would they recognize the sign of an overdose and when would they know to take action? Yeah, that's that's uh, a good question and or concern. Um it's it's a, really a, a matter of, of, of recognizing the signs. Um, often what you uh, will see are people that are um, unresponsive. So uh, you would want to do a sternum rub. And uh, if they were still unresponsive, you know, check to see if they're sweating, if um, they may have vomited. Um, their fingernails and tips may have turned blue and their lips turned blue. Uh, obviously uh, depressed or no breathing whatsoever, uh, little or no pulse. Uh, but the telltale sign for me uh, has really been uh, open their eyes, shine a light in there, and you'll see that their their uh, pupils are, are of pinpoint size. Mm. And that's when, you know, you, you know you really need to take action. Um, so that's 
why I believe it's so important uh, that we really push the Narcan version of naloxone because it's something I think most of us can administer with, without difficulty, and that's the nasal spray version. Um, so there's trainings that you can get on uh, YouTube. Um, often when I do training, I, I show uh, one uh, four-minute video that explains what naloxone is and then another four- or five-minute video on how to administer the Narcan. And you, I, I want to address something real quick. You mentioned right off the top that if, if, you're, if you think you may have uh, come upon somebody who is in the middle of uh, this crisis, that you, you mentioned the sternum rub. That's the thing where you take your knuckle and dig it into a chest bone, right? Because people who are, if they're stimulated by that, they'll wake up and then you know they're okay. Is that is that right? That's correct. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, taking a, a pin and pricking the bottom of your foot. You can't fake it. You know, someone's, someone's going to feel that. They're going to respond to that. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the, the beauty of, of, of Narcan or Naloxone is basically, um, it is essentially inert. If so, if, so, in essence, if the person is not in opioid overdose, uh, it it should not have any effect on them. And John, this story is so personal for you for multiple reasons. It's also something you lived out. You're a retired union official, as you said. You educate folks. Uh, specifically, you've educated a lot of folks in the construction industry about opioid abuse. And can you tell people what happened on that Southwest Airlines flight when you and your wife were on your way to speak uh, at a conference? Certainly. Um, yeah, it was one of those times where, you know, it was, we, we were issued uh, tickets, even though we bought the early bird, uh, we were at B-44 and B-45. And yeah. I thought something was odd about yeah. that because we uh, I've been flying southwest for 30 or 40 years now. But nonetheless, uh, we went to the ticket desk. And I said, no, that's, that's right. And I guess it was right for a reason because... When we were uh, about uh, uh, 35 minutes into the air, um, the person across the aisle from us had passed out and was uh, hanging out to the aisle. And the person sitting next to him was was screaming, uh, asking for help. And the flight attendants converged on, on the scene, and they basically asked, do we have any first responders? And I was right there. I was two seats away, so I stood up and and uh, I grabbed a gentleman uh, underneath uh, the arms, and another gentleman came down the aisle and helped me grab his feet. And we moved into the back, back gallery where, the, where they wanted us to get out of the way of, uh, of the uh, passengers and laid them down. And the gentleman that came back with me, um, who eventually identified himself as an, as an ER doc, uh, said he had no pulse or no breathing. And we went back and forth with the captain to try to get him to land the plane. And he said he couldn't do it without permission from from headquarters. The doctor needed to uh, verify it and all that uh, from the headquarters. And uh, time was slipping away because uh, you 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 start encroaching on that seven minute mark. Uh, you're you're possibly going to be leaving that person uh, with some brain damage. So uh, eventually, we asked the uh, flight attendants for their their phone so we could use the flashlight. And oh, by the way, when we were carrying that gentleman back there, 
uh, I had uh, yelled out to my wife, Mary, uh, would you throw me the Narcan? And she did. She had it in her purse. So I was very fortunate that she was uh, uh, readily available with that. Um, and I took the flashlight and, you know, shined it into the eyes of the, uh, of the individual. And, um, it, he had, uh, pinpoint pupils and I looked at the ER doc and I said, this person's in opioid overdose. And he looked at me and said, are you a doctor? And I looked back at him and said, I am, but not your kind of doctor. Okay. So, uh, uh, I said, and I have. Narcan and I plan to use it. And he said, "Why are you carrying Narcan?" And I said, "Because people, whether they're on the ground or thirty thousand feet in the air, are dying because of opioid overdoses." It's so. And so you go ahead. I administer it. I administered to him. Um, the doctor uh, put the oxygen mask on and rolled him on his uh, side in the rescue position. And within three minutes, that young man. Um, was breathing again. And within 10 minutes uh, of us administering the Narcan, he was on his feet. So it became very clear to me very quickly why it's been called the Lazarus drug, because it brought that person back from from death. So, John, there there has been a bill introduced in the House by a representative from Maryland, and it's it's growing in co-sponsors. What is your expect? And the, the bill would be that Narcan has to be provided on, on all uh, domestic flights. So what is your expectation of what happens next as far as that goes? Well, uh, we're hoping to. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, get more endorsements uh, from both sides of the aisle. Um, I, you know, I'm not trying to make it a partisan issue, um, but the you know the fact is is that uh, it seems that one side is trying to water it down and um, not make it mandatory versus making an arrest recommendation. Uh, that's just not going to work because um, right now, you know, I, prior to March of this year. Uh, Narcan uh, was a prescription drug. Since then, it's been an over-the-counter drug. So if airlines are carrying Tylenol, which is an over-the-counter drug, then why aren't they carrying Narcan? It it just doesn't make any sense to me. So um, we need to try to get uh, more support and, uh, you know, very definitive language uh, in the bill. Um, It's my understanding that uh, Delta, uh, American, and United uh, all all carry it uh, in their first aid kits and have their cabin crews trained. Uh, it just doesn't make sense that one of the more popular uh, airlines, such as Southwest, uh, has not done the right thing. Yeah, that that is interesting too because so often the airlines 
act as an industry, move as an industry in something like this, having a standard of what's in the medical kit, it it seems a bit random almost from, you know, at least from an outsider's perspective that Southwest wouldn't carry it in their medical kit. Uh, you know, it's interesting because there's been at least one, possibly two stories uh, since my episode uh, back in October of, of 22 of uh, people getting on Southwest flights. Uh, one was an actual uh, medical doctor who had eaten something at, in, at the airport that was before she left, and they did not have an EpiPen to deal uh, with her anaphylactic shock that she was in. Uh, so that was uh, part of a problem. And the very next morning, she was on, on national TV, um, you know, saying, hey, we need to change this. And then a couple of months ago, there was a young man and his father who got on the uh, uh, Southwest flight. Uh, the person sitting next to his father had passed out, and his father uh, turned to his son behind him and said, hey, uh, I think there's something wrong with this guy. Well, that young man, believe it or not, worked for an agency that distributes Narcan, and yet he didn't have it on him. So he had to perform uh, rescue breathing on that individual until the plane landed. And he was on national news the next morning uh, pleading uh, with the government uh, to force uh, Southwest to do the right thing. So this is not a one and done or, you know, one off my situation. So um, it's so commonplace. Um, you know, you said something about the construction industry earlier, and I always want to throw this fact in there. The CDC has recognized the construction industry as an industrial sector to be number one when it comes to opioid misuse and number two when it comes to suicide. So that's really what got me involved with this. And now I can see it spreading to other workplaces and, and not just for construction. Um, I've made uh, national and international presentations on this topic. I've had people actually come up to me afterwards. A gentleman about a year ago came up to me and said, hey, at our training school up in the Northeast, we've actually installed cameras in the restrooms. And, of course, right away I thought, boy, that's, that's a privacy issue. And he said, oh, no. They're not uh, at, you know, at the seven-foot level. They're at the two-foot level so that we can detect if someone's passed out on the floor and run in there and, and um, perform whatever we have to do with regards to Narcan to, to save that individual. So people all over the United States, all walks of life, are sadly overdosing um, and more so now than ever because of the fentanyl that's in the uh, opioid supply. Yeah. Uh, John Gall, co-founder of Alliance for the Naloxone in the Workplace, and that bill that we were talking about, H.R. 3616, has been introduced. It's got a long way to go, so uh, if you want to throw your support behind it, call your representative, best thing you can do. John, we appreciate your time. Thank you for talking with us today. I really appreciate it, and take care. That is uh, John Gall with us. Uh, uh, there is a, a website to go to as well. He is the co-founder of the Alliance for Naloxone in the Workplace. It is answ.org. And again, the bill we're talking about is House Bill 3616. That's Amy Marks Corps. I'm Chris Ranji. This is KMOX. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 